Like, for some reason, I wanted to do this yesterday. It had been longer than, mm-hmm. like, you know, eight Usual. days. Yeah. And um, and this is, it's therapy. It's really funny, but this really feels like, um, it just does. It does. It feels really good to do this. And so I, I know. missed it. I really missed it. Because you were um, on a... I was away. Was on on an, an island. Caribbean, Caribbean vacation. It's Caribbean, yeah. right? Not Caribbean. Yeah, it's Caribbean. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel awesome right now. I was just in hot yoga. I haven't done that for like over a week. And I'm usually, you know, a couple times a week at least. Oh my God, I feel so good. I feel like I was in, I had to leave early because so we could start on time. But um, God, there's nothing like that sweat. And I yeah. caught the best idea for a workshop while I was in there. Um, you, I'm sorry, you what? Got the what? I got the, be- the best idea for a workshop. Oh, oh, good, yeah. good. I won't share it yet, but I've been trying to figure out what my next like workshop series would be, and I got it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the best ideas always come to me at the most. Well, they come to me when I'm not trying to think. Usually, yeah, I have. Like I usually am waking up in the middle of the night and um, sending myself um, emails. I accidentally sent one to Megan and it said, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Um, it said, quit WeWork, which is fine. And then, um, and also quit Tinder. And um, <laughs> like a reminder to myself, that was my late night reminder to myself to cancel WeWork. That's not that bad. Megan's like, okay. <laughs> no, but she didn't. Anyway, she like, she said, um, we were on a call yesterday and she goes, okay, so you want me to cancel WeWork and what's 10? And I was like, no, nothing. Don't worry. That was a mistake. It's meant to go to me. I'd wondered where it went too. I was like, did I send that to somebody random? Yeah. I distinctly remember doing uh, that. Uh, uh, it was right after buy my sister a wedding present and Jeff a wedding present. Because um, my sister's getting married next week. Um, and she, she is? <laughs> she, <laughs> what? She sent a text message to me. Like, I mean, her and her partner have been together for a really long time. Like, you know. I know. Um, Sam is family. And I call him my brother. And um, they haven't gotten married yet. And I remember like a text message because um, they were going to go to Hawaii at first and then they were going to go to Yosemite. And then all of a sudden it was just um, we're going to get married at the whatever at the courthouse and we're going to go to dinner afterwards. And I remember seeing it because I also remember saying, oh, I'll take everyone out to dinner. That'll be my present. And then my mom and I were in Texas and my mom's like, you know, Heather's getting married next like in, on May 4th. And I was like, well, that's impossible because I'm going to be in New York. Um, right. So, I mean, she's like, I told you guys, and there's a wedding ring. And it's very, because it's so unobvious. Like, it's so, you know, whatever. We're getting married. And um, so I'm an asshole. 
So I've got to get them a really good present. Um, and I don't know what to do. So anyway. Um, so that's happening. That's happening. Um, you know what I'm really excited about? <clears throat> I got my first purple carrot delivery. Do you have purple carrot out there? Um, it's like a meal delivery. Oh no, I have vegetable. I get they yes, we have stuff like that. I blue blue apron, but I get the veg I just get a box of vegetables. Yeah, I got blue carrot, which or purple carrot, not blue apron or blue carrot. Purple (laughs) carrot. And it's I I told you this. I don't know if I've updated you, but remember how I I, like a couple weeks ago I was like, I think I'm gonna go I think I am never gonna eat meat again. I had this weird, I've never felt like that. You've seen me. I'm like a major carnivore. Yeah. And all, and I, something happened. Well, what did it even happen? I don't know. Something happened. Um, I just felt really gross, I think. And then I started to like, read some rich roll stuff. And then I watched Forks Over Knives. And then I went down the rabbit hole of all that. And I was like, Oh, no, it was when I was in California. That's what happened. I was in California for my retreat, um, teaching with Meadow in, in Slow. And all of a sudden, I was like, and we just we had just had, you and I had um, In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know why I feel this way. I've never felt this way in my life, but I think I'm going to try it. And I haven't eaten red meat or chicken. I've had fish, but anything since then. No, it's interesting, isn't it? It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. it's so weird. And um, and I feel pretty good. It's strange. I'm not even really thinking about it. But so I got blue carrot, and I purple. Why can't I say this? Purple <laughs> carrot. <laughs> no, they are not sponsoring us. Um, they are. They should get their money back. Um, <laughs> Um, but I got my first box and I have, (laughs) I have three really good meals that I have to make. I'm kind of excited. I hope you put them on Instagram. (laughs) I might, I have never Instagrammed my food, but it might, you know, stranger things have happened. Megan always does. She doesn't Instagram her food, but she always takes pictures of avocado toast. And every time she does it, I look around. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Stop! It's just you guys. You guys, it's just avocado coast that she does. She doesn't. I swear. (laughs) I swear. (laughs) This doesn't happen a lot. Um, What is it about avocado toast, though? Because you, we had it in LA. No, but we had it in LA. Well, have you had avocado toast? Yeah, and and you Instagrammed it. No, I didn't. (laughs) Yes, you did. Did I? No, I did not. Did I? Well, you took a picture. Maybe, because you know what? It's really pretty. Oh, my God, I did. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Um, Moving on. I wanted to talk about, um, oh, man, I had some important stuff to say. I've forgotten it. Um, Some some important inane bullshit to talk about. Um, I don't know. Anyway. um, Well, let's get into our topic, but. Do you have any promotional things? No. Mm-mm. I don't want to promote okay. this week. I just spent a week promoting everything. I'm, yeah. I'm hibernating <laughs> from promotion. Okay. I have some things. So 
One is um, my retreat, my, uh, my rewrite retreat with Meadow is coming closer. It's in Colorado, June 8th through 11th at Redfeather Lakes. And we have a few spots left. We're getting up there in numbers now, but we do have a few spots left. And I, as it gets getting closer and we're planning it more, I'm so excited. So if you want to grab a spot, um, go over to my website. We are actually releasing a, um, a podcast explaining like what, what this is all about with a podcast, with a, um, you know, retreats all about that'll be up today. So there's that. And that will be the last retreat I do for 2017. There's yeah. that. What? No, I just want, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's the last one. And then we have our uh, Never Not Broken workshops coming up. So, well, we only we have one. Have, we are, they're all sold we, out. The yeah. San Francisco sold out, and um, Austin is sold. Austin out. is sold out. So we have room left in Chicago, and not too much. We have about fifteen spots left. Um, I mean, that's a lot. Um, it's a lot, but it's getting closer. So yes. if you are in the Chicago area, come play with us. These workshops have been the best and we are still looking to do one in LA um but that will be later in the summer if it happens right yes cool. I've I keep reaching out to Wonderlust. um <sighs> sigh yeah. sigh so basically LA doesn't want us to have a workshop in it LA is like rejecting us oh I do have I actually do have one announcement okay so I was teaching am teaching kundalini yoga on Thursday nights in downtown LA and some of you have come out and I love you guys what's up Joanna um (laughs) sorry um Ryan um but uh but not many and also it's just like I'm writing my book and I'm I'm working on a lot of stuff to expand hip sobriety and so so I just had this moment of like I need to cut what I, what I don't like absolutely um, mm-hmm. you know love to do. Um, what you know it's not my hell yes like I I'll live without teaching Kundalini so I'm quitting. Um, and so for now for now. <laughs> um, so anyway, my last classes are this Thursday night, and already like Sarah and Nat are going to be there. What's up, guys? And um, so yeah, if you want to like catch a Kundalini class. Um, um, Thursday night, downtown LA, Evoke Yoga. The information's on my website, hipsobriety.com. And then also, um, uh, Sunday night, I'll be teaching a class at 5 p.m., um, filling in for the regular instructor at the same place. Um, and that's it. Might sub a class here and there, but um, but yeah. So um, if you've Love been it. meaning to come, it just hasn't happened. Um, this is this is basically the last chance. Um, yeah, and then aside from the the uh, three upcoming workshops and the possible LA workshop, um, that that's it for life stuff for me this year. So, yeah, awesome. Um, Great. Yeah. So today we are going to do an episode. I mean, we're calling it. Something around I, my idea was well, let's talk about the first hundred days of sobriety, um, but it's maybe a little bit different than that. We just well, I like I that. Really, I still like yeah. that. I like I like that idea of like just kind of sticking it to that time period um, and not right. going outside of it because um, I think yeah. there's enough in there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a small amount in there. There's 
some stuff we could talk about um, in those first hundred days. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So we'll, so the the ideas were we want to talk about what that time was like. Um, there's so many people that we we get emails from so many people that are trying and just starting out, and it's such a wild wild time. Oh, and we don't, you know, we haven't talked about it specifically. We always kind of dip back in every episode. But, but we we're not in it. Right. And we're not in, we're it, not anymore, in yeah. it anymore. Right. And there's something that's so interesting. I was talking, I, I can't remember with who, um, but there's just such a, and I think I might have even said it on the show, There, you are so different um, in the first week and then the first month and the first three months, six months, nine months, year, you know, like mm-hmm. it just, you change so quickly because it's really such a, um, I think I, I think I did talk about it on the show. Like it's a steep learning curve, and and everything changes at once. And it it is a you know it's it's really truly like a you. It's hard to you know this is going to be hard um, because it is hard because I am so different than that person you know four years ago, um, and 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 not but still like so different. It's really hard to go back to, um, you know, it takes a lot to pull myself back into that time and to really like actually experience it through, um, those eyes, right? Those yeah, eyes. I know. Those eyes. Um, <laughs> it does. No, it's true. It is. Um, so we wanted to do that. And I think, uh, so I'm just going to ask you the first question okay. that we have. So <clears throat> when, when did you start trying to get sober? Oh, it's like October 3rd, 2012. Around that time at like 8.34 p.m.? No, at about <laughs> you nine. Know the nine. Date. It was a Tuesday <laughs> and it was about, I don't know, eight something in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's true. I, I mean, know. Like true. we discount this idea though that also I had probably been trying to get sober for, you know, I mean, how how many times have we tried to like control our alcohol or, you know, how many bongs that I thrown out a window? You know, um yeah. So but <laughs> did you really throw bongs out a window? I used to throw my glass pipes out my window. I lived on the seventh floor of uh of an apartment building and I tried to quit pot a lot and I would get just so like done with it and I would just yeah. think I just needed the thing out of my house broken or I'd put it in a, a bag and I'd stomp on it um but it was funny because yeah. you know my I think it was Miley Cyrus or no it was Amanda Bynes um I was like I get you Amanda Bynes I get you because <laughs> she threw a bong out of a you know four-story window um October so 2nd, October October yeah. 2nd 2012 then, it's Tuesday morning and then you're Official quit date. Official quit date, October. No, mm-mm. April 14th, 2013. Of alcohol. Right. January right. 19th, 2014 for pot and cigarettes. Yeah. That's so weird. 2013. It's so weird. We didn't even, we did not know each other then. No, we didn't know each other until summer 2014. Mm-hmm. 2013 is one of those years that makes my mouth like it makes like I get a little 2013 in my mouth and 12 12 12 is real 2011 I don't even remember I mean it like if anybody wants me to talk about it 2011 I have to go through my phone and look at pictures um mm-hmm. 2012 is is awful it's also like the start of everything but oh my god the two the yeah. two worst years of my life hands down like you know yeah. 
Hands down. Do. Um, okay. And so for you, um, when did you first start trying to quit? Yeah, I, I started trying the, it doesn't even feel like I really started trying. I was forced out of my major denial on July 13th, 2013 after my brother's wedding. Uh, and I can honestly say I really didn't try to stop before then. I tried to regulate myself. I never tried to stop. I had no intention of stopping. Didn't want to stop. Um, I tried to control how out of control I got. <laughs> right. um, but I didn't, I really didn't try to stop at all until then. Uh, and I, I, after that, I, I was sober for a few days. Like I, I, that was when I came back to Boston. I went to my first meeting and stuff. So that's when I, what's when I started. And then my official quit date, September 28th, 2014. So almost a year, over a year later, a year okay. and a few months later. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was... What was your life like? What was like the week before you quit in April 2013? And the week after, what was it? What was going on in your life? What was it like? Okay. So I actually started, I actually, um, there's a video, it's called Day Negative 14. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's a picture of me at my kitchen table. And I'm, I've read Alan Carr's book like three times again. And I've written out my, like, um, my own personal, like my own personal testament of, you know, like uh, why I'm quitting. And then part of it is taking a last drink. So I'm sitting at my table. My nails are just bitten down to the quick. I haven't showered in days. I'm at the end of a bender. Um, I'm bloated and just dead. And I film myself taking my last drink. I forgot that. Yeah. Oh my God. I take a, so I take a drink of shitty vodka and, um, Ugh. and then I smoke a cigarette and it's like, it's so funny cause I remember I'm like, cause it just, I wanted to tape myself and what it actually was doing for me. And then, and then that was it. The next day I went to the hunky Jesus contest at, um, <laughs> what at, um, oh my God, I can't even remember the name of the fucking park. Dolores? Is it Dolores? Oh my God, I'm so old. That's a park in San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. Okay. I know that. There, there we go. Yeah, it was Dolores Park. And um, I was with my friends, with my friend Lauren's party. And um, uh, we just, I, I wasn't drinking and I didn't tell anybody. I just passed. I was like, ah. Um, but I was like, in this, I was done and I didn't drink for like two weeks. So, uh, but then like leading up to this, this week before April 14th, I was giving this huge presentation. It's like we had our first offsite, our first company offsite in Austin. And I was giving this huge presentation. I was, I had just built a department. Like I just built the revenue cycle yeah. management department of this, like of a startup. I just done this like impossible thing. And I had to explain like the, the actual insurance billing cycle to our providers and to, and to, to people, to non-billing people, to non, you know, to non-operations people. And, and just, so like, you know, um, just to like explain to them why it takes so long for like why my bills get lost and why it takes so long. And, you know, and so it was like taking the most confusing, convoluted thing and then making it like 
simplified. And um, I was like only supposed to spend like 10 hours on it, but I'd spent, you know, like I never do that. So I spent like 50 hours on it. So the week leading up to it, I'd been in bed with my computer building a presentation on how to give, like how to, you know, talk about it. And it's so weird because all these four years ago things are popping up on my Facebook. And yeah, like there's a picture of like um, me and my friends in Austin and it's a Friday night and I can see myself and this is like three days before I quit drinking. And I remember that night I took my whole staff that was in Austin out for drinks and then I ordered a glass of wine because I didn't want to call attention on me and they were like Holly you're not drinking and why are you not drinking your wine because I was the boss and you know when you're buying rounds for your staff your staff wants you to drink too you know like they're like waiting to see if you're gonna have a second uh, governor yeah (laughs) and so I like had a sip and I just remember being like oh fuck you know and then um and then I went back to my hotel room and everyone went out and got shit-faced and I worked and I was like doing this thing and I told a couple of people so I quit drinking again like doctors that I've been talking to and the next night like my I was fucking someone at the company and I would only fuck him when I got super drunk and so that night the next night I gave my presentation like killed it and then I went and I had um I went to this thing and I just was like fuck you know, like the, like the pressure after like the pop off, you know, after doing something Mm. plus. So, and so I just started taking shots. Um, and then I avoided the people I told I'd been, you know, I'd quit drinking. Um, and then, um, and then like the next day I woke up and I was just like, um, you know, in, in his hotel room and like, I just was, it was so, gross and I was so hungover and I went back to my hotel and I sat in my friend's bed and she was like she said you know what I love about our company (laughs) she said we're so (laughs) smart like we were some of the smartest people and they all drink and she was like Uh. it's like it shows you that like you know what she was interpreting as was an important piece of information which is that very Mm -hmm. intelligent successful people drink like fucking you know um, yeah. And I was like, I remember that. And then I went to the airport and Jeff, my friend Jeff and I, we'd like booked our seats together. And so we got like, I just remember like I, we got on the plane and I just remember I didn't tell anybody, but I was like, done. This is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah. And I was so terrified that I wasn't going to be able to quit, that things like this would keep happening. And so mm-hmm. I went to an AA meeting the next day. Um, and this is a weird turning point for me because this was like when I think the weight of it set in like as in oh fuck like this is a um this is like this is it I don't know how to explain it in words but it was just this moment of um it was clean that's what I remember like I on my lunch break Instead of eating through lunch, like I had so many times, I actually took my lunch, went to went to get a cup of coffee, and then went to a church basement. And yeah. um, it was literally a church basement, as you know, as uh-huh. as advertised. <laughs> and so <laughs> I um, and I just went and sat in this room, and I remember like looking at these people, and that made it real. Looking at people mm-hmm. who are doing the same thing, and there was it's downtown San Francisco, so. There was a lot of um, people in suits, and then there were also, you know, there was people of all walks, and um, and I was, it felt clean. That's what it felt like. It felt like um, the like clean, (sighs) like there was a clean break. Like Like, it was. This is what I have been dying to have. 
Like yeah, this yeah. is this is more me than anything else is. This is who I like. This is I am not the shit show that you know that has a key mm-hmm. card slipped to them when I'm you know ten drinks in that wakes you know what so you I mean. Can go fuck your boyfriend. Yeah, the, I'm not yeah. that. That's not me. I am not the you know like I'm not that. That's just not me. And this felt like. This is this is this this is what I've been longing for, which is just the like space to just to get this yeah. like just to take this thing off and actually be in um to actually like just do like to be able to go to a fucking meeting on your lunch break like that alone in yeah. itself to be able to do anything that was felt like that responsible. And, um, and then I went every day that week, um, like my life depended on it and, um, and like, you know, met people and went to coffee with them and, um, you know, it was just like, there was this break, there was this cleanliness and this loneliness and this like, I don't remember other people from this time. Like the, we're, if we're yeah. talking like the week before, I remember I was kind of, I wasn't really dealing with people. I wasn't talking to people. People were like, where are you? Why are you not at the party? Wait, you know, like, um, and then the week after, um, I just was like very grounded and quiet. And, um, well you go inside, right? I mean, even though it, I don't know if it blurs together for you, it totally blurs together for me, but did you feel like you finally turned in word? No, no, it just feels like the world wasn't really happening. It feels like nothing yeah. was really happening, but that, I mean that like, right. I'd been turning in words since October, you know, that wasn't yeah. new. Yeah. Um, it just felt like the world fell away. Um, at, like I had yeah. been on the out, like I had been in and out of this thing, like going in and out of this thing and scratching at this thing and like tasting this thing and kind of exploring this thing, but I hadn't really bought the thing. And then it felt yeah. like I'd bought the thing and like, <laughs> bought it. it was yeah. Yours. And so, and then it just, it's like, it's just quiet and that's it. Like I just remember walking in cowboy boots with my Pete's coffee and like mm. the sun hitting me and it's quiet and it's finally quiet. I don't know how many more times I can say it's quiet. <laughs> like, I get it, though. It's re- I totally get it. Did you feel safe? Like, did you feel... No, I was scared shitless, especially when I go to the meetings and I'd hear people say, you know, like, when I, when I was in the meetings, I would feel... Uh, unsafe after very like it was the first couple times were great and then after that ha- like I just didn't want to I didn't want to hear what they were saying to me like I didn't want to hear you know didn't want to hear it didn't want to hear it didn't want to hear it um so that yeah. was the part that did not feel safe it felt very that felt very un- that because well, like, if you didn't do that like where were you gonna go well it was more like if you don't do this then this is gonna happen it's more it was right. more like seeing a lot of different versions of a, of a possible future and um and not wanting any of them um <laughs> Oh God, I know that. Yeah. And, and like being like, no, this is not what I believe. And it really wasn't what I believed. It was because I had done a lot of different, what, you know what I mean? I needed to kind of concretize it. Like I needed to go and actually like, uh, admit that I couldn't drink. Um, mm-hmm. I needed to say that I needed to go and say, this is my first meeting and have everyone clap for me and get hugs at the end. Like I needed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I really didn't need to hear 
um, the scary parts of it because I yeah. was already scared enough. And so, um, so yeah, so the week after is like, I just like, it's what I'd been looking for. And I have pictures of every day that week. Um, you and do. yes, and they're beautiful. When you think of that time, do you like, what do you feel when you think of that week? Like if you looked at the pictures, um, I'm crying in all of them. I'm listening to my headphones. I have headphones on, so I'm like listening to Gabby Bernstein meditations over and over. I'm crying at the release of it. I'm free. I'm this. It's finally the thing. It's where I'm supposed to be. Um, it's like um, it's waking up from a nightmare. Um, uh, yeah, it's waking up from a nightmare, and um. Yeah. Were you, and you were still at your, well, yeah, we'll, t- wait, we can go, yeah, but you still, were still I, totally at your job. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't like, I mean, I had, <sighs> I had some designs on some of it, you know, I'd been talking about, I'd been reading Make House Miracles, you know what I mean, I'd done Make House Miracles, I'd done a lot of stuff, and, and I worked, you know, I, I had designs on, on some of the, uh, I already knew what I, you know, like a lot. The hip sobriety, but it was. No, I didn't know about hip know? sobriety, but I knew it. Hip sobriety, like the idea of what I was doing, wouldn't really come together for. And like the first time I actually really started, you know, was like the was af, was right after it, like within the first couple of weeks. Yeah. But I was still like I had just like deployed a brand new billing system that I built with like myself and an engineer friend and, and a, a small team. Like I had just deployed that to the, the company, and so I had spent like all of this time. Like this was it's. Fun because it's like that thing finished um this is around this time I'm taking my staff out to celebrate and we're like um you know like the work is you know like the work is we've gotten over the hump but like I was just also coming off of pulling this thing off um you know that also almost killed me and so um so no I was super into um my job at this point I was super into it. Did you, were you, te- did you tell, pe- when did you tell people at work, like, or say any, start saying anything to anyone else? Um, people already knew because I had stopped drinking before and I, my right. work was my life. Like my, my, like people knew when I was drinking and when I wasn't drinking. Um, because and, you always, you spent time at work and you guys drank together. And yeah. it was we drank at work. Yeah. Um, no, um, not at work. I mean like sometimes, but not really. Um, yeah, I mean, like, my people knew, you know, like, Jeff was my, you know, Jeff was my, I, who, who I went to Italy with, he was my product partner, he was my work husband, and so he knew, um, he was all about my biz, and um, so I, he knew I had started drinking again, and then he was also the one that said, oh, I didn't, <laughs> like, I love you, Jeff, and he'll never hear this anyway, because he never listens to me, but he did say, um, I was worried about you coming to Italy when I when I I took a shot at his house after I had been drinking for sixty days or hadn't been for yeah. sixty days in December before our company Christmas party I took a shot at his house mm-hmm. and he was like thank God and then um, <laughs> and then I didn't really drink around I mean I didn't tell him he's the one that I sat next to on the plane that day in Austin that in the last day I drank and I didn't tell him um, it was just uh, I sat him down like maybe a week or so later and I was just like hey. 
okay, bud, not going to drink again. And uh, it's, mm, it's real. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's for real. And I can't. And that was when I also started saying I was an alcoholic. And so I did start, like, that was when I moved it from the phase of saying, I'm just not going to, and it's the best life affirming choice ever. And like um, mm. making it no big deal. That was when I moved into the, I'm an alcoholic, you fucking dick. Like, stop asking me about my stop drinking. Asking me, right? <laughs> I'm sick. Um, I'm super sick. And so, I have a disease. <laughs> yeah. So that was when I moved into that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but people, I mean, I was never quiet about it. I was really proud of it. Yeah. You know, like I would go to meetings, like I'd go to, you know, I would tell people in my meetings, hey, you guys haven't drank for 30 days. Um, yeah. That's you know. so funny because you, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I'm asking, like, I know that, but I'm asking me because I think, a lot most people aren't like that you know I certainly wasn't for a while um and it's it's awesome because it was like you are always going to be doing this thing that you're doing you know or that's how I see it like as you're telling this I just see you you know moving it's this like I just picture you going into your first meeting and it's like almost this beautiful sacred thing you know, that was happening, but you couldn't have known it yet, but it was already happening. I don't know. But I also, like, there's a weird thing with this is that I documented, I mean, I took pictures of myself and I took a video of it because I, and I documented it all because I also Mm -hmm. knew way before that I would be doing this. I was like, this is, I wanted to, because I was, I wrote about this in the Philip Seymour Hoffman thing was that I knew I worked in healthcare. I also was working, I was a revenue cycle man. Like I was the head of revenue cycle operations, which means I was in charge of figuring out how to get paid by insurers for, (laughs) get our patient, get paid for what our patients did um, at our practices, which means that I was on top of what was covered, what was not covered, and also on the changing policy in America. So this is where I'm going to get super nerdy for a second, but there's something called the primary care medical home, right? And this is this like outgrowth of Obamacare, and it means that you're not paid for just seeing a patient, you're paid for the patient outcome. And this is, um, I don't know the state of it anymore, I don't follow healthcare anymore, um, but at the time, this is where everything was going, and this is basically saying that we're no longer going to be in a system that pays for just, you know, doctors just giving tests because that's how the system gets so fucked. We're actually going to pay based on how well a patient gets. And so for me, Mm -hmm. I started to have this like connection point between, okay, um, this right here with our population and, and, and like we're in big cities, um, right here, like my guess is our patients suffer, like not my guess, but our patients suffer from depression, anxiety, drinking problems. Like this is our demographic is sick and they're not sick by traditional means. And also right. if we can get ahead of this, if we can actually tap into this, like I'm the patient, I'm the patient. Right. I've got depression, anxiety, eating disorders. I've got a drinking problem, a drug problem. I smoke. So I'm the patient. And if I can figure out how to, without my insurance card, cheaply heal myself, I'm going to send ripples through the healthcare system. I am not going to be like in how in American healthcare, like 6% of the population drives 60% of the cost. Right. And so mm-hmm. you move towards this top of the pyramid where you get really, really sick people like, um, you know, like my uncle, right. Who had a liver transplant on right. America, like on, Right. Uh, like uh, like disability Medicare paid for that. 
And so like I'm moving towards that, you know, millions of dollars spent on one person because we didn't do, we didn't spend money at this lower triangle where people can still actually actively engage in their health. And there's all these other things too. Like I self-selected, I did this myself. I wasn't forced into this. There's a, like, are people listening to this today? They're self-selectors, right? They're listening to this because they have decided to take their healthcare into their own hands. And so for me, I was like, we can tap into this. If we can like figure out how to change, whatever, I'm not going to go too far into it. But the bottom line is I very early saw myself in the pyramid and saw that if uh, a company like mine was paid for managing my care, um, they would spend a little bit of money and they would have a, they would make a ton of money. Like I would actually save the healthcare industry and, and, and uh, people that actually were getting paid on my outcome a lot of I would I would make them a lot of money essentially Um, and so I yeah so I just started I saw that early like that was one of the first things I saw right like way like while I was still drinking and so I did start proselytizing this I did tell people what I was doing because I was trying to get them people within the sphere of like my sphere of influence I was trying to get them to see what I was doing and yeah. how it was like, and how there were were entry points. I think prime. I mean, my friend Sally and I were talking about this. She's a primary care doctor, and I was just like, I think primary care is dead. Like, I don't. I think like the healthcare system is dead. I think like what we're doing here and what people are doing that are listening to this show. This is the future. I don't think the American medical system um, is going. I mean, it's a behemoth, and it's uh, anyway. So yeah. I have a like long view on it, but just to, like pulling it back in. Like I also was this was what was stirring in me at this time is how do I take this thing that's happening to me and also this like all this stuff when we talk about people and what they're going to do with their with their lives and people are like oh my god I I hate the fact that I'm a you know in hospitality or a computer engineer or whatever when you look at it it's not like it like for me I was an accountant and also I was an accountant at a healthcare company that got moved into an operational role that also happened to work with the physician you know what I mean like there was this amalgam of stuff that came together that created the this perfect position to understand yeah. addiction and healthcare and also consumer like and also customer service and all this other shit and so like all this stuff like for each of us we have all these different experiences and it does bring us to this unique viewpoint along with our own gifts that can bring something to the world which is like why if you're in a shitty job and you hate it it's like you know like you're what did you come from Laura marketing yeah marketing and advertising That's i mean right. it all it all Nothing was wasted. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, but yeah, that so so that was also happening, like in the back of my yeah. mind. Um, and it would come, it would you know, I it would spring forth like really quickly. Like I wasn't more than a few months sober when I was when I was like starting to talk to people um, about how to do it. Um, you know, specifically in the company, and also um, you know, as my own thing. Um, anyways, that's really long and convoluted and Mm -hmm. out there, but coming back to the first hundred days, um, why don't you tell us about the week that was leading up to it? And I knew you then and the week after. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we, you did know me then. So, so like I said before, I had, I had been, I had first, you know, start, started trying around July of 2013 and then I, um, my first, my last day one, my my start date, official quit date was uh, September 28th, 2014. So let's see, I know the week before so well, and it's so fucked up. 
So I would put together like periods of sobriety. I was going to AA, um, you know, fairly regularly. I was, I had a lot of resistance to it too. Um, but I also at the same time met a lot of people that I, that I really liked and, I never felt like I totally fit there. Um, you had resist. I never got from you that you had resistance. I felt like oh, when you God. and I were talking, um, I never sensed that. That's funny. Oh, I had so much resistance to so much of it. I mean, well, I mean, of course you did, but like, but I, but when you and I talked, I felt like it's funny because yeah. the way that you, the way, when you and I would have our first conversations, I was ready for you because of how clear you were on its importance, you know, like that's mm-hmm. how I felt it like that, that I was ready for you to like, um, not hear me and what I was saying or not be able to hear what I was saying. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, totally. And I, 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 it was both things. Like I felt very close to God when I was in those rooms. I felt like you did in your first few meetings, like I could breathe for the first time or that I like, that's what I had been wanting. I wanted that space to be with those people and talk about this um, and listen and just sit there. And at the same time, I hated parts of it. I mean, hated like, I didn't, you know, every time they would, I, I, the, I'm a, the, the writing of the big book, a lot of it would completely offend me and I couldn't get over it. You know, it was like reading, it, it was bad. Um, you know, these like for the wives chapters, like I would, ah. every part of me would just like die. But at the same time, I, I also saw the beauty in it, you know, and I, I, it was a relief to, for me to be able to go into those rooms. Um, but it wasn't like a wholesale, you know, I'm in, it's the gospel. This is what I, I you know. I'm no, always, and I never got that from you to be clear. And I knew, and, and it, it had been, <laughs> yeah, it had been a year of me going in and out. So I was worn down by the time I finally stopped into like, okay, I don't, it doesn't really matter if I like it or not. I kind of, I had to do something, you know, and we were talking. So I had like a reference point that was outside of AA. I also, I mean, just like you, I had been doing work my whole life. Yeah. Um, You had. Yeah. So I didn't feel like these were not mind. They were not mind blowing concepts. It was like, um, I just had to get over some of my, my intellect was like very tricky at that time. I would, I would find every way to talk myself out of drinking, (laughs) talk myself out of staying sober. But what was it? Like, what was it about? And I went through my phone and by the way, and just looked up September 28th, 2000 and is it two, it's 2014, not 2000. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I sent you a picture that day, and it's a picture of my journal, and you were on my my gratitude list. It says, grateful, Laura. That's it. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Okay, so, so, but you, so but what, up. yeah, but what, what, let's, sorry. What was no, it what that week? Gonna... Like, what was it that time? Like, I don't get what it was that time. Like, what was it? So, 
Okay. So I had, you know, in the, in that period of a year and a half, I mean, there shit just started getting worse and worse. Right. I, I got, um, in a really horrific car accident. I somehow didn't get another DUI, but I totaled my car. I could, I just couldn't stop drinking. I just didn't, I couldn't, or I didn't or whatever. I would put together certain periods, but I was still very compartmentalized. I, I was just always barely hanging on by a thread. I didn't want to give it up yet. And then that week in September, so my mom's 60th birthday is September 28th, my quit date. And we, the day before my brother and his wife came to town, we were surprising my mom. Um, by flying them in, and there was a big surprise. Because your mom lived in Boston at the my time. My mom lived in, yeah, she she lived close to me at the time. And my poor mom, I mean, she had to pull me together many, many times. Like earlier that summer, I had to call her from a nail salon, or the people at the nail salon had to call her because I just wandered around and just got really drunk one Saturday and just like wandered around and like got a makeover and got my nails done. And by the time I made to the nail salon, I was messy blacked Uh, out and they had to call people in my phone and they finally found my mom. Like I barely remember, but she picked me up and yeah, I stayed the night at her house. Like shit like that was happening. Um, and I was lying about it. I, people with an AA would ask how much time I had. I would always lie. I was so ashamed. But I was also, at the same time, like I was putting together short periods of sobriety, right? And you're going to AA, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did keep going. Like I did keep going. Um, so it was, it was messy. It was really confusing and really scary time. So that week, my weekend, my brother and his wife flew in. And that on the day before her party, so it was like a Friday or something, they flew in um, and they, I had uh, my daughter, I don't know why she was, oh, she was too young. She wasn't in, it was a summer, so she wasn't in, or whatever. She wasn't in school. I don't know. They took her, um, I basically pawned them off, pawned her off on them. And I didn't consciously know that I had this, like I was going to go drink. I just sort of went and started drinking. Like it was the middle of the day on, um, on a Friday. And I, I remember like my body walking to the liquor store (laughs) and I bought like nips and I had bottles of wine stored in different places. And I just started drinking, like literally walking around the street of my town, which is a suburban town. It's not like walking around in Boston <laughs> where you can go off into bars. <laughs> you know, it's like really fucking weird to be walking around my town drinking. And but I did. And I you're the one. I was the one, man. And I I just remember. um like having this really slippery feeling. I didn't know. I knew what I was doing. Like I knew my brother (laughs) and my sister-in-law were out with my daughter in the town next door. We were texting back and forth. They were having lunch with Alma and I was just drinking like as if I was going to meet up with them later and they weren't going to be able to tell. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it was like, it's like the same thing. I went to an AA party drunk and as if like what the fuck was I thinking I was so 
messed up. I was so fried at that point. So, and you're, but you're also, but you are also thinking no one will be able to tell. Am, am I right? Like you yeah, are, you are thinking totally. that because that's what yeah. I thought. And it's so funny. Like, aren't you just, I can tell when anybody's had even like half a drink now. Oh. And it's like, I, mean, I can smell it. I can smell one. it. A mile away. I know. A mile away. I can smell if somebody's had a sip. I can smell it already, like on their breath and their pores. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So isn't it? But it's like, but I used to think I could get away with like a six pack, you know? <laughs> totally. Like a bottle. And, and my brother was heavily invested in, you know, not drinking. Yeah, you know, it was like, he had had, it was, it was not like, oh, if Laura's drinking, that's okay, haha, it's funny, whatever, we'll drink with her. No, <laughs> it was like, not okay for me to be drinking in front of anybody in my family. So, you know, and it's also like shitty. What the fuck was I doing to my brother? Anyway. Well, so, you weren't doing it to your brother. Let's be honest. I know. I was, I was sick. So, I go and like have my own little party. I remember so well being, I went, I don't know why I kept going back to like my, this place where I get like waxing and spa treatments done, but I would always go there. (laughs) Here, come up right near my face and let me breathe on you. You know? (laughs) What the fuck? And um, I remember sitting out Uh... on a bench um, looking at the ocean, and I was like drinking my disgusting cherry vodka. Oh my yep. god! Ugh. And it was burning in my throat, and I just remember thinking, like, I can get away with this, and no one will ever know. Like, this is actually the only way I'll ever be able to live because I can't get sober. I will not. I just can't. Clearly, I don't want to. So I'm just going to have to keep this, like, I'm going to be able to, and I'm going to have to keep this part of my life secret and just <laughs> go along with it. You know, that's how deluded I was. So anyway, no surprise, we get back to my house and my brother can tell that I'm clearly drinking. Oh, I, I, I go, I'm going to go to the liquor store and get you guys some beer. So you obviously want to drink, right? And he's like, okay. So he doesn't try to like fight with me or anything at this point. He's just like, um, I was pretty drunk. So he just kept following me around my apartment while we were getting ready, like taking the beer can away from me that I thought I was hiding, you know, that I was so blatantly not hiding. And this is in your home, the home you live in now. It's the home I live in now. Yeah. And Alma's getting ready. We're all getting ready. We're going to go meet my mom and surprise her for her 60th birthday. So we, my brother has to drive my car. He doesn't know where he's going. We, it's this big messy thing. I haven't thought about this day very much. And we go across town, you know, all these towns and we, I actually have a videotape of it. I'm videoing my brother and his wife and, and Alma walking into this restaurant. And I, you know, my voice is so, you know, you're like drunk voice. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm narrating it. I'm just like, oh my God. And we see, you surprise my mom. She's like so excited. And then my mom looked at me and she knew right away, of course. And I mean, I ruined her whole, I ruined what should have been a really great time. We sat there and had dinner. I kept sneaking off into the bathroom um, because I had a bottle of wine or something in my 
my purse. And, you know, there's just like this pallor over the entire thing because it's like we're talking about it, but we're not talking about it. Like everyone's just mm. not okay <laughs> with, with what's happening. <laughs> with what is happening. I, I have a few pictures from that night of me and my mom and Alma and my Can eyes. you send them to me really quick? Because I want to – do you have them readily available? I, I don't – no, I don't. But I um, – Send me the – I will. I want to see the video after. It's so – it makes me a stomach hurt. Um, I know. I know. But, Believe me. I but know. I – yeah. So that night, you know, we all get home. I'm still buzzed and, you know, still like – it's so it's so amazing how I can still be having this. Like I knew – it's so just amazing. I knew I was fucked. <laughs> but I like just put it off as far as I could. Like I knew the next morning when I woke up, I was so fucked. But I just kept, I tried so hard to keep myself in that bubble. So there's like pictures, my brother and I doing headstand contests that night. Um, Yeah. And I posted them to Facebook. And I know a few people like that knew me from a text the next morning, like, are you okay? Because they were like really late at night. I was posting those pictures. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I was falling apart all over the place. And the next morning, I woke up in that, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning range Mm -hmm. and with the dread and Mm -hmm. the panic Mm -hmm. and anxiety like I'd only experienced maybe one or two times before. Um, Mm -hmm. It was that bad, you know, like where I I was completely locked. And I just. Isn't it amazing to think how you got through that? Like, I don't. I mean, it's totally. Yep. It, I think about that day because that day was one of the longest fucking days of my life. (laughs) And I don't know how I made it through. I should have gone to the hospital. I was so fucked up, Holly. I was so, I mean, God, I would have killed someone for an Ativan or something. I had nothing and I wasn't going to keep drinking. You know, I don't know why I didn't do that either. I don't know why I didn't just go and, but I, I, I woke up and I was so mortified and I was, I kept trying to call my mom cause it was her actual birthday. And when my mom's not talking to me, cause she, when my mom's not talking to me, something's really bad, yeah. you know, she's not like that, but she wouldn't answer my call. She wouldn't answer my texts. And, um, you know, that like nervous, like I'm just trying to get in touch with you because mm-hmm. I'm trying, I need, to be, I need okay. to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she finally did and she was, I could just hear it in her voice. She was really upset and we had to get, we had to get ready to bring my daughter to her soccer game that morning. And my mom came and, you know, it was a total shit show getting out the door. And my brother sat like sat with me while we were waiting for um, her, his wife to get dressed in my um, living room. And he was like, uh, you're not going to pull that shit today. And I was like, I know, you know, like a sullen teenager. Yeah. Like I know just so panicked and so full of shame. And we went to that soccer game. I, that was the worst of panic. I mean, I thought I was going to like, I just, I didn't know. I thought I was going to explode. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how I didn't have a panic attack, but my mom pulled me aside or we walked to the car or something and she was just like, what is happening? You're drinking again? Like, what is happening? 
And she's like, I don't know what needs to happen, but I, you know, we'll, I need, we're going to do whatever we need to do. Cause this, this can't be, this can't be happening. She was just beside herself. Um, but we had to like play nice and go to, you know, it was her birthday party that night and she still didn't know, like we were still trying to keep the secret. I had my cousin flying into town. I had to drive to Logan. It was a super long day. And we, by the time we got to this party, I was so just, that was one of the hardest nights of my life ever, 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 ever. I actually wrote a piece. I have it up right now. I wrote a piece, um, about it later, not at the time, but I remember just, you know, I was on the verge of tears the whole night. It was a huge drinking party because that's, you know, that's what my family does. It's what everyone does um, in my family's circle. And I was so pissed. I was just so pissed off that this is what I had to do. Um, and my everyone was watching me that night, you know. <laughs> When you're looking at them, and I'm assuming, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you're thinking, why do they get to, why, like, why, what's wrong? Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And people were getting drunk, and I was like, why is why that okay? Me? Yeah. Why me? Why yeah. is this mine? I don't want it. I, I hated it so much. I, I don't even have the words for it. <laughs> and I went uh, towards the end, because I was also just exhausted. Towards the end, I went to my car to just, I was also dating John at the time, sort of. And he was like ignoring me. So I felt just very alone. I went to the car to try to text with him and he wasn't responding. And I just felt like the most alone person in the entire world. I went to the car and I just cried. And I noticed that my brother was walking out after me. Like he was looking for me because he was worried that I was drinking. It was just like, everything was fucked. (laughs) So fucked. (laughs) Like what? I'm 37 years old, you know? And my brother's like walking out of a party to check on me. And he was pissed. My brother was pissed at that point. Yeah. Because he, he, and he also had had enough to drink. And I remember we had this conversation outside of that place. And you weren't drinking. Uh You didn't have a drink. No. I didn't have any drinks. And that was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. But I didn't know it was it. I never, I did not. You never knew it was it. Yeah. That it was it. I, it could have been, because that was like a million other times. It just, uh, if anything, I was just, I was beat to such a pulp. Why didn't you tell me about this? Like, why did you not? I didn't tell anybody about anything because I was so afraid of everything. I was so afraid at that point. I was not even, it wasn't fear. I was ashamed. I could not, I felt like I was the most fucked up one and I didn't know how to tell the truth. Like the words could not come out of my mouth. They really couldn't. I didn't, I don't know that I told anybody about that night for a very, very long time. And I don't know that I've ever actually really talked about it. You never told me about it, actually. Specific terms because it was so, I mean, I went, wandering around my town in the middle of the day wasted while my brother took care of my daughter and had my own party and then I ruined my mom's 60th birthday party and then I you know it was just I mean Holly this was like after a year and a half of things like that yeah I know yeah I know I know so I was just I was broke and beat 
down and so scared and so depressed. And like, I just didn't know that I, I didn't know what to do anymore. Um, so I didn't, I don't know that I told anybody. It was almost like just seriously look at your feet and take another step and then take another step. Stop saying you're going to do this or that. Stop doing anything and just don't drink for the second. And I, I took a picture of my shoes the next morning on the way to the airport I remember. to drop my brother off. I am looking at it right now. And I posted to Instagram, like you must do the thing you cannot do. No, the best you do the thing you think you cannot do. The thing, yeah, you must do the thing <laughs> you think you cannot do. The Eleanor Roosevelt quote, and I didn't really specifically say what had happened, but in the post, I just, I, I remember. And you coming did up say of- stuff. You were like, that was why I was always so <laughs> impressed by you because it's so funny. I don't know this, but also, you would go onto Instagram and talk about the stuff like like it's that post that I posted the other day about how like Glennon wrote that one post about how we do the before and after and like you know we only talk about it once we're at the ball you know and you were talking about it like and 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 I didn't do that at the time I do now but I didn't talk about my shit at the time I never exposed my shit I was so like I would talk about it after gladly but not while I was in it and there you were and you would talk about it while you were in it and the and so I just think it's really um and that's it's just interesting that that this is I mean I get it like I get it but it's also um I didn't know like to that extent I don't know yeah you weren't telling me that you were still drinking though like you the only way I knew you I was like we had met like four months before and like you the only way I thought that the only way I knew you were drinking is because you called me one night when you were drunk um, mm-hmm. but that was it. I didn't, I thought you were not, I thought you, like, I just assumed, you know, um, no. And I was very elusive about everything because <laughs> yeah, I thought I had to be, you know, like I was still protecting this thing. And, and the conversation that the, the thing is the conversations that we had, like I was fully in on those. Like I really did get it. I really did want I don't it. deny that. I don't deny that. I all. also equally That's why it's confusing. It. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's why it's confusing mm-hmm. because you were fully in on those conversations. Um mm-hmm. I wrote this post called Two Hands uh, around that time. It's like the the shittiest piece of writing I've ever written because I never looked at it. I just like vomited it out and put it up. I still have never edited it. Edited it. But it was like two hands, like on one hand, I have this world that I know, like, that is starting to build this sober version of myself that I started to understand and feel and taste, you said, you know, what this was like. And on the other hand, I had this very, very, very sick part of me still that couldn't stop drinking and didn't want to stop drinking at all. And I was holding both of them, you know, I was living in both worlds. It was the worst kind of purgatory ever. I would go to meetings in the beginning and I would hear people say, you know, drinking while you're trying, while you're still in AA is one of the worst places to live. And then I became that, you know, and so, and it is, it's the absolute worst place to be. So yeah, that, 
that was the week before. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't really remember the week after. I truly don't. It was such time was such a blur. Our experiences of early sobriety are very, are similar in some ways, but they're vastly different. I mean, we've always mm-hmm. talked about that, you know? Yeah. Like I was split still for a really long time. Um, almost a year in sobriety. I was, it was really, really awfully painful for me not to drink. I was obsessed with it. I was, I grieved it hard. Um, and I didn't, so that first week, I mean, God, I don't even know what the fuck I did. It was, it was a blur. I remember sending my brother and his wife off. I remember I had Alma that week. I remember that because I was in this crazy, busy life. I was the fucking vice president of marketing. I had this crazy (laughs) big job in that year that I had been trying to get sober. I would put together, like when I was sober, I was, the first thing that came back for me was work. Like I kicked ass at work when I was sober really quickly. I started to get so much better and I got promoted and it was like, you know, I felt really solid in certain areas. That was one of them. So I had this huge job (laughs) and I was holding together all that. And I had a four year old, you know, which is wild. So yeah, I don't remember it, but, but that's what I felt like was not free or happy or I felt, uh, raw, yeah, totally raw and pretty insane. Like just <laughs> totally insane. I mean, I would wake up. I was manic. Basically, I would wake up in the middle of the night. I was I was writing a lot through it. Yeah, we had started to. I don't know. You and I really didn't start to talk to, about doing. We knew we were going to work together. We we said that from the very beginning, but we hadn't really. You know, at that point, we were just like we had taught. We'd had a conference call. Uh, with Aiden, remember, and we were like, let's do this, like, let's have events or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking. Let's do events. Ooh, um, but we hadn't. We were just, we were just dreaming. We were dreaming. Yeah. I think that October was when we started the I Choose Clean Instagram handle. No, I'm pretty was, sure. that was February because I was at Tom's oh, apartment really? in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii for that. I took I took the video in my apartment and then I went to Hawaii, um, and then tried to write the AA series. Yeah, remember oh my God. remember my Ew. my week of hell in Hawaii trying to write one fucking piece. Um, okay, so that's the week before the week after, and then you and I just wanted to talk about like the first hundred days, like a couple of different like I think we just both said we'd we'd talk about two things that really helped define what that period was like for each of us and and what was happening in that yeah. time period um yeah. of the first hundred days, like things that make it things that are good and representative yeah. of it, yeah, and I've tried to think of um. I've tried to think of it and it's like, um, 
God, it's so hard. I mean, because like you wrote during your your first hundred days, and I didn't. I wrote one article. Like, here's here's one thing that no, actually, let me go to the end of it. Here's the thing that stands out the most. I went to Italy in my first hundred days. I went there in in um, July, and I was trying so hard to get you know, and I got sober in April, so that's like it's about you know I was about ninety days sober, and I was trying so hard to um get my tattoo I never questioned the decision tattoo before I went I was almost afraid if I didn't have that I would forget um when I was in Italy and I couldn't get it done in time and so I went without it and um and I you know it was just a really like I was trying so hard um to do this thing. Like I was all in and it was all that I did was try and do this thing. Like I what thing? What it what was the thing? Be sober. <laughs> like heal <laughs> myself. Um I was uh, every moment of my day was dedicated to it on some level of of growing and being healthy and evolving. I was so um <sighs> committed that's this committed yeah. and terrified, um, terrified yeah. that that like uh, I didn't want to go back. Um, and so I went to Italy without this tattoo, and I just um, I mean, there's things that stick out about it, but some of the things that stick out about it the most are that this is like about the hundred day mark is where I, like around the you know a couple weeks leading up to it is where it's like the floodgates open and like everything my guts come spilling out. I mean, it wasn't like I hadn't been emotional. It wasn't like I hadn't been feeling things. I'd been emotional. I've been crying. I've been feeling everything. I've been feeling high and. But um, I get there. I go. To, I go for a week to Sicily with my friend and his family, and like, um, and I annoy the fuck out of him. Like, I am on. I like because I had so much energy at this point. Yeah, I was right. like Tigger, and. I like he turned me on to tarot. He showed me a, a shop in in Termina that had tarot cards, and I bought tarot cards. And I was oh. up at like three in the morning drinking coffee, and um, Jesus. and he's like, I have a picture of him yelling at me. He's like, I can feel your fucking energy in the other room. <laughs> like, go to bed. Um, and I was like dragging him out and making him go to bars because I just needed to do something. Like, I was like, drink. Let's sit here and you drink and let's just talk. And um, I was like running through the streets and like playing with his niece and nephew. And like, and also I was like, I couldn't eat anything. And his sister was like, I think she's drinking too much coffee. <laughs> Because I was, but also fuck you. Um, right. And like, it was just this like, um, sorry, you're Jen. nuts, right? I'm you're not, I was nuts. I was nuts. I was nuts. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And so, like, newly um, sober people are the most insane people to be around. <laughs> I was insane. Um, and then I, and then my mom was having heart surgery and my sister was mad that I was gone. Um, and they were all mad that I was gone. And my sister was like, you didn't even call. And that's because they didn't tell me what time the fucking surgery was at. And then, mm-hmm. um, so I got in a huge fight with my sister and I was cray. And then I go and I stay in the shitty little room. Like I leave them and I'm going by myself to Rome and I go and I stay in the shitty little room. And I, I've talked about this before. But like my sister at this point says, I think like um, 
she sends me an olive branch and is like, I think you need to meditate. And so I got like super serious about like my kundalini practice. I started like, you know, bumping it up from the guided meditations to more kundalini meditations. Um, and then I just remember at that point, that was when everything started to break. I went to, I went to Naples and I stayed with his family and, um, on the Gulf of Naples and like, I just was, I couldn't stop crying. I mean, I just no. like, and it was like coughing and vomiting, like, um, mm-hmm. emotions. And, um, and then, and then when I got to Rome, I was listening to Gar Stevenson on repeat and also Kid oh, Cudi. God. My sister sent me like Kid Cudi Pursuit of Happiness. So <laughs> i two together. That would be a great <laughs> remix. But I'm just, I'm walking around and you know, um, Oh God! What's the song? Horizon? Is it Horizon? The one that's like mm-hmm. that sounds like you're watching. Like this, I was listening to that song on repeat, and also Stars. Oh God! Which Stars song? Um, oh. The instrumental version of um, I know which one. Uh, oh. Set yourself on fire. Whatever. Yes. It's not set yourself. It's, oh it's not. God. It's not set yourself on fire. I can't remember the name of it, but at the beginning it starts with when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. So I was listening to the instrumental version of that, Gar Stevens and Pursuit of Happiness. I'm walking around Rome and I'm just like, I can't stop crying. And it's like, it's to explain this period of time, it's like I, I, I called my mom and, and, um, and like the man I was staying with, I was certain was my grandpa, like some, like, like grandma was channeling me through Antonino and like Antonino was like taking me around Naples. And I know the story makes no sense, but neither did this time. And Antonino's right. taking me all around Naples. And then he's like, he makes me a special box that I still have. And it's like a box and it has limoncello in it because he still doesn't understand. I don't drink alcohol. Um, um, and a postcard and a magnet and it's in this box and he like is like he doesn't speak very good English but he's like this is for me to you and we both started crying we like sat oh, there God. overlooking the Mediterranean and this old man who I'd known for three days who I thought was my grandpa um like reincarnate or, or channeling through and we just sat there at the table both crying and I don't get what like I don't I don't understand at all what's happening right but like right. the point of it is um I called my mom and I was just like something like something's happening and I tried to tell her about like Antonino and also my mom was very dismissive of like my wonders at this point and my synchronicities she was like she was she was like she was like you're crazy like she didn't say that but she was like you're crazy um and tone it down and so I um so yeah I mean I just like I remember telling her I feel like it's pet like it felt like penance I don't like that was the only word I could really put on it like I I had done so much to myself and 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 killed myself and um and just betrayed myself and violated myself so much mm-hmm. and I'd never thought about it I had just kept walking I would you know right. I would st- I would literally throw up you know 20 times in a day I'd have no throat left you know I'd 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 walk into work bloated and I'd be like okay let's do this you know what I mean and like I would like I would you know I would do whatever men want I would do whatever to myself like like it didn't count like it didn't matter and then all of a sudden here I am and it's like it's it caught up with me that's all I can think about is like this is like around 90 days is when it caught up with me like the horror of it and um 
and being on the other side of it, right? And getting to actually go back and think about it, like, and to actually be like, this was horrible. Like, this isn't just this thing. This is horrible. And so it was um, an actual, it was an actual nightmare. It was an actual nightmare. A really long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like waking up to the horror of that and like, it had to come out of me. And the only way it could come out of me is with like my face planted um, against something and literally like, um, like the screen, like almost it was like a noiseless noise, like a, like just like the energy of something escaping me, um, you know, and, um, and, and everything was so beautiful. Everything was just so beautiful. Right. And I think a lot of this is why I love going back to Rome because, you're like, oh my God, like this world is so beautiful. Like it's so big and there's so much more to it than you had sold yourself on and that you settled for. And it's too much to take in. You can't take it all in. And it feels like you're fried. Um, and, and you're supposed to be normal. Like you're supposed to be hanging (laughs) around people and you're supposed to pull it off and you can't. That's what I was laughing about. Like I had this fucking job right you know right. where like you're like one minute you were throwing up 20 times a day and you woke up you know in a, in a bed with no sheets right on it with, you know like and then 90 days later you're fucking making your bed in, and you're and, and, what yeah and drinking just lots of coffee and that's it and you know and like and and not you know what I mean it's it is and it's like um everything changes and you can't like you just you're my body was like you know everything that I've done and like since is like my body is um I'm doing it physically and then the emotional like my emotionally I'm not catching up to it for some time I'm like running Mm -hmm. in this direction and then my emotions will catch up with me after um, and then I have to process it. Yeah. Um, right. Because you can't process it limbically. <laughs> limbically? Uh, you can't process. Your limbic system, no, like I cannot integrates. process that. It's like you're yeah. having this experience, this physical experience. You're having this emotional experience. And every they're all in different, like, all, the volume is up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and But none of it integrates right away. You're just like, it. you're just... It's happening right. to and, you. And then on top of it, there's also this, like, I don't want to waste another second energy um, that I had at the beginning um, that I've lost since, which is so sad. I mean, not to, like, not fully, but I wish I could tap in, like, literally, like, we could, you know, make a bomb that would explode, you know, the universe if we could tap into that energy. Like, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't, I didn't want to go to sleep, and then when I did go to sleep, I, like, couldn't wait to wake up, and then I wake up, and I would just be like world you know and um (laughs) I did not feel that way (laughs) I would feel that way for a couple hours and then all I would want to do is is just die and sleep (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. that came later there's a there's inevitably a crash anyway um so that's that's like one thing (laughs) um and I have another short story that I can tell but what's your uh what's your one thing like are you one of two things uh that yeah you remember of this time that like helps to kind of explain what you were like. Yeah. I'm trying to, it's, it feels very similar to yours. It was like, so I guess one of the things that I, 
I remember the most. Yeah, God, one of the things I remember the most was that Thanksgiving. And I've talked about this before. I've written about it. But that, that, so, you know, that's September. And then there's October. And then, you know, the, the holidays came. And I was dating this guy that is the same guy I just talked about. I was dating him. You know, we were very on and off, but he was a big part of this time period. And we were we were on during that Thanksgiving time. And we spent the that we spent Thanksgiving together. Actually, came to my family's thing, and we spent like that whole you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday together. And I was. I mean, like, like everything had already changed in my life, right? I, was, I wasn't hanging. All my friends had changed. I wasn't doing those things anymore. I, I was, you know, I I hadn't drank for a couple of months, I guess, but it was so, I was wild with just everything. Like, like you said, I didn't have the excited energy. I mean, I sometimes did, but it was more just like, I was just, I felt like I was actually going crazy most of the time. Like, I remember sitting with him and luckily he likes to talk more than anyone I've ever met. It's like he talks manically too. So we would just sit there and talk, 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 talk. Like we would just talk at each other. And I would have to like, and he was very involved in my process, like invested and involved in my process. And I would just tell him everything that was going on. And he would read everything I wrote. And I was just like, all these things are happening inside of me. All of these words need to come out. My mind was racing all the time and I just needed to. And then I would want to like have sex and just go to sleep, you know, (laughs) and everything was like this. It was all it was so intense, like a totally unsustainable intensity with everything that was going on. So he would we would have these like really intense um, periods of time together. And Thanksgiving was like that. I felt um I, it wasn't the first sober Thanksgiving, but it was like, I felt very new to it still. I was still, you know, it was hard. And at the end of that four day stretch, I remember on that Sunday morning, I, it was like creeping closer to when he was going to leave. And as one does to go back to their lives after <laughs> spending four days with the person they're dating, you know? And I had never really felt like this before, but I, started to panic like that he was going to be leaving. I started to just panic because I didn't have anybody to see. I didn't have anywhere else to go. And it was like that Sunday after Thanksgiving, there was football on. And I remember he didn't say that that's what he was doing, but I knew he was going to meet people. Like his friends were texting. I was new. I knew he was going to meet people to go drinking and like watch the game. And I felt so desperate about that, like pissed off that I couldn't do that, pissed off that he was going, he was going like it felt like such an attack. Yeah. But I didn't think I, I tried to be cool about it, but I really couldn't be cool. Like I had lost and, and that day it was different because I lost my ability to be cool. Like I, I, I melted. I literally laid on the ground and basically begged him not to go. <laughs> like it was, I'd never done that before. And I felt, I was like, I can't, I can't, um, I can't do this. Like 
I don't know where to go. I don't have anyone else to hang out with. I have nobody. Like my life was so stark at that point in terms of friends and my social life was nothing. I didn't have one. I didn't have family to go. I just was like, this is my fucking life and I hate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hate it. If you go, I am untethered. I don't know what to do with my body. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't want to do anything. It was like this cold, cold, cold depression. Yeah. Yeah. And he left, uh, and he left, and, you know, he has, he had his own shit going on, too, with drinking and whatever. He left, and I, I cried harder than I can ever remember crying, ever. Uh, I went back and laid down on that spot where I had been begging him not to leave, and I cried for, I don't even know how long, until it was, like, it got dark while I was crying. And, um... I it was that was what that time was like you know I mean I I had to get up the next day and go to work and do the things but it was a really it was a lonely loneliness that I had never known uh then and I and I I I didn't think it would ever be different yeah (laughs) So that's that's one of the the sadder, you know, the heaviest the heaviest times that I remember in that in that period of time. And that you know didn't go away for for a while. <laughs> it really didn't. Yeah. I mean, just a few. Oh, it was like a week later. My dad was texting. It was like a Saturday night, and I didn't have my daughter, and didn't wasn't hanging out with anybody. I didn't have anything to do, and I remember my dad texting and asking me what I was doing, and I said, "I'm going to a meeting." What else would I do? Like literally, what else would I do? I have no life to do. Right, and it was so it hurt. It really, really hurt. Yeah. Um. So, I yeah, that's one of them, and I have to think of the other one while you're while you're sharing your other short story. Uh, around like I think about a month into it, I was supposed to. My girlfriend Cherie had been like, I she. I had stopped drinking and then I'd started again and I told her like I had a problem with it maybe I don't remember what she knew or what she didn't know um but I do remember she had I don't remember exactly when it was but um when I was at a hymns conference in New Orleans um I was like at a bar drinking a beer at a vendor booth um, it wasn't a bar. It was a vendor booth. It was designed like a bar. And because um, this is how we spend our money on healthcare. Um, and <laughs> legit. Oh. Um, and I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but she was like, um, I'm sorry, but you said you had a problem. And like, it's just when you say you have a problem and then you go drinking again, um, you know, um, that's kind of a problem. And so I, mean, I don't remember the exact context of it, but I know I remember my response was like, uh, fuck you. And, um, mm-hmm. and that like maybe, and then I stopped again and then I called her and I was like, sorry, um, you know, thank you. Sorry. And, um, yeah. but it still was like, you don't get past feeling judged. Um, you really mm-hmm. don't. Um, 
get past that feeling. And also, you, um, when it comes to this, it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, this group of friends that I'd been in, we had all had shitty relationships with alcohol on some level. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you know, it's hard when you're being told, like, like what, like you, that one line you said of like, you know, our our like our alcoholism is fine, <laughs> but your alcoholism <laughs> is a little too much. Sorry. Right. right. Like, like we've got our alcoholism <laughs> under control. Okay. You don't Go have deal your, with yours. Right. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, that can stir a fuck you. And, uh, and so she is a beach house in San Diego and the girls, like I, this is a wide group of girlfriends that I, I've been in her wedding with, um, four other, four other women and the six of us had vacation together a lot. Um, and, uh, in May after, I'd quit drinking and um, we had a girls weekend and I was like, I just didn't feel comfortable going. I felt judged. And even though I wasn't drinking, I just didn't, you know, and, and I ended up like going because I needed it. And it was this thing that I was like, how am I going to be? Right. Because like I had known them for, um, for like eight years and the first, like they, my mom, I had, we'd, we'd hung out in 2006 um, when, when she got married at a bachelorette party. And my mom had, I'd been uh, my mom's primary caretaker um, for, uh, for three months living in, I'd quit my, like I, whatever. I was like, I was my while mom's, she while was, she was yeah. bed bound, like when she was, she couldn't move for Recovery. three months. <laughs> Uh, I was like her nurse and changing her IV and that kind of shit and um, living in Fresno, you know, while I had like I'd quit my I had, you know, hiatus to my career as an accountant um, and like uh, living in, you know, in San Jose and like um, <laughs> the glorious, glamorous San Jose um, <laughs> and, you know, left my boyfriend and like we, you know, he and I had broken up right before then. And I just had moved back to Fresno and kind of was thinking I'm going to end up in Fresno for the rest of my life taking care of my mom. And um, and so then um, my mom got better and. My sister came and took over, and it had been three months, and this bachelorette party was the first time that I had actually uh, been around people, and so my head exploded, and, like, I was, like, like, like the best way. I was, like, I was just, like, the ringleader of the shit show for a bachelorette Mm. party, you know, in San Diego, Um, and so, um, so, that, and that was just kind of, like, my dynamic in the group was, like, um, you know, like, the, the, you know, the head, you know, party, whatever, and, um, and so the crazy one. <laughs> and Me so shockingly. Right. And so I um so yeah, I had that was that was this group and and also we had only drank together. Like we literally would roll up on our weekends, you know, and and we would each I mean, we drank more alcohol together than was, you know, I'm surprised any of us have livers left. And so I show up and the first thing and I'm like oh my god how's this gonna be and we get I get in the car and they are we're all in the car and like they're and they're like so um so we just wanted to put this out there like how like um the drinking thing and I was like okay so we're talking about it and then I was like yeah I stopped drinking and they were like um we're so proud of you and um we just want you to know what what you want us to do this weekend like we won't drink um if you don't want us so to. Awesome. And I was like, 
you're, I mean, I, I wanted them to drink because I needed normal because my life had so quickly become so different. Like right. I needed to actually like feel like everything was normal, like totally normal. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like we just want to do whatever will make you feel comfortable. And I was shocked and, um, overwhelmed. And, um, and I was like, drink please. And it was just such a great weekend, like being around them and being sober. I still was crazy. Like I, we dressed up and we did the Harlem shake and we made videos and like, you know, we played hide and go seek and made food. And like when I, when it got too much, I would go and get in the bath. And like, I'd met, I remember like I was meditating in the bath for like 30 minutes and like a couple of them would come in and just sit with me and talk to me while I was meditating while they were drinking. You know, it was just like really sweet. And so I think like that, and that was when Cherie told me, like gave me Glennon's book. And I was like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Like she was like, I think you really like this. Like, you know, she reminds me of you. And um, that was, and I went home and I started a blog and I sent a copy to Cherie. Like I literally went home and wrote my first post, which is still my first post, um, on yeah. my blog, which is called, we already know everything we have only to remember. I wrote it like a week after that. And, um, so that's like, it's just kind of one of those things. Like, you know, we t- we had that episode called hell is other people. And there were so many fucked up things with other people, but all, there were also things like that where yeah. I learned I could, be around them and still have just as much fun. I mean, we had the as much fun as we would have. The only difference is I wasn't hungover. And no. like I felt good on that weekend and I did yoga and I went running and I you know like it was just like what's up, you know? Like this is no. So um I love that. I remember Is it possible I remember you going on that trip? Nope. Did we know each? Mm-mm, Maybe I, I just remember I think there was another trip. Uh, like you, yeah. Like a later, later there was another one with a group of your girlfriends that you went on. Yes, um, yeah. You, there was one where we went to Big Sur together. It was the last time I'm talking. Yeah, about. Like we haven't done it since. Um, but no. And then the other part of it too is that like one of my friends one night like was having a hard night and everyone went out and. I was like, oh, I'll stay. I didn't go out. I I was on my way out and I was like, oh, she's not coming. And then I went upstairs and sat with her. And like, I I would have never done that if I had been drinking. I would have said, oh, God, too bad. And gone out and been, you know, and, and instead I was like able to be there, actually show up for somebody and like. And not choose the sexy thing of like going, you know, this like a quote, sexy thing no. of going to the bar with your friends, you know, like it was actually like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to come back in and sit with you and just, um, and let's talk. And she was so surprised that I didn't go out and I was, um, and I wasn't because it was a different choice then. It wasn't the same choice that it had been before. Um, it was no. an easy choice. And that first time that you can be there for someone is so Oh God, it's so huge. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's like, I mean, that kind of encapsulates the other side of it, which is, I mean, it's such an extraordinary time. That's all. It's like, it's, if I could never do a period of time in my life, but also do a period of time in my life over, um, I would do that time. I mean, it was like, I don't know. Not many people get to feel. No, it's a, that's the perfect word for it. It is extraordinary in every way. All right. So what's the what's your what's your second story that like helps to kind of channel light on what this period of time was like? Yeah, I think so I I was I have my writing. So I was like I was looking back, you know. I There's two there's two and they're they're both small. So one 
One was um, in the first month I went to a retreat at Kripalu with led by Sean Korn. And I've talked about this a good amount because it was so pivotal for me, but I was like 22 days sober and I was a mess. Um, but I went with two of my friends. We had booked it like months before and I, I was really like hoping I could get out of it, but we, um, but we went and I remember, you know, taking this, this retreat, I'd never really studied with her before or taken her live stuff. I, I had followed her for a long time. I knew who she was. I had done some online stuff, but I'd never seen her, um, and, um, take, taking her classes. And it was, the way she teaches and the way she was talking and everything, you know, when you just know that something is happening, something really big and important is happening. And I remember knowing while I was taking that, that I was, I would be doing that. I, I would, I, I knew like I, I felt myself. I saw it and I felt it that I was going to teach like that. I was going to, I was going to do what she was doing and like not her way, but, but I was going to do the thing that she was doing, which was to help like to, to lead people through, um, experiences like that. And I'd never really thought that before. Um, Exactly. I just knew it. I knew it then and the way she was talking and I knew I wanted to be able to say the things she was saying from a place that from a place of knowing right? because I'd been through it. So there was that, that weekend. And then the other, the other one that I'm looking at right now, I have a picture of me and Alma and Liz Gilbert at Liz Gilbert's book reading of signature of all things. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and at that reading, it was a really, it was actually before you got so my last, yeah. it was before my last, yeah, it was July, but it was, but I, it carried me, you know, really far. Yeah. I, um, and these things kept happening. Like this is where I started to just see, like, I just had to keep following these clues. Like I would be, I would be led. And I went to this thing, I dragged my daughter. I mean, she was four at the time. Like it's not fun to drag a four-year-old across into the city on a super gross hot summer day to go sit at a book reading (laughs) like that's not the thing that four-year-olds like to do um but I but I was like we have to go I have to do this and um we sat in the very front and she and when it came time to raise question to ask questions um someone asked her about asked Liz about writer's block and how she deals with it and she gave this answer that went something, you know, it was long, but the piece that I tuned into was she said that it doesn't, like something is always going to be keeping you from, if this is the thing that you need to do, if what ne- needs to come forth um, needs to come through you, there will always be things that, that come in the way of it. And your job is to work, is to get through those things, to pull them out. And she went on this list. She's like, it could be, um, a bad relationship. It could be geography. It could be, um, you are in, you know, that you have to let go of your family. It could be alcoholism. It could be, and she just went on and on and on and on. And I just, she said 
that alcoholism in this list of things that were otherwise sort of benign, you know, but to me, this was my thing. Like this, that was my thing that was keeping me. And I knew at that time, I knew it was, it put it together. It like gelled that it was the thing. Like if I didn't stop drinking, I would not write. Those two things would never exist together. And that it was that important. Like if I wanted, I wanted to write, there are very few things I wanted more than to keep being able to drink or drink normally or whatever the fuck. There are very few things I wanted more, but writing was one of them. Like I knew my heart would break if I, if I, if I got to the end and I hadn't written, I knew it would break in a way that I wouldn't be able to live with. And it, it just became clear to me at that time that that's what it would take, you know, like, and the way she said it, it was just like, Hey, this is a thing, like all these other things that you, this is a thing you might have to deal with. It was, it was uh, a moment that really changed everything for me. And you know, then we got to take a picture with her and she had a little exchange with Alma in the middle of a theater of like hundreds of people. And she asked Alma why her eyes were, why she could see her blue eyes in the middle of a dark theater. And Alma was like, I don't know. And it was just like this bizarre moment, you know, where you, you're like sitting in, it was like surreal. All of it was surreal. Right. Um, just like everything else at that time. Right. But it unf- all it unfolded. I mean, I, I got at that time that I just had to f- keep following these clues. Like I, I dragged myself there. I knew I had to be there. And I got this piece of information, this little nugget that changed everything for me again. And I would continue to get those if I just kept walking in that direction. And the first, the first hundred days just feels like a giant explosion of those things, right? Like all of a sudden you're, no, everything's happening and it seems like as though it's this entirely new world that you're living in, that things are, are, like you said, they're so much beautiful than you ever imagined, like visibly beautiful, but also there's like the secret, your mom being sick of your synchronicity. I felt like I, I all of a sudden noticed that the world, I had suspected that there was synchronicity, but all of a sudden I was like, everything was fucking magical. <laughs> like signs everywhere and oh my God. And it was like waking up all of a sudden after being so asleep for so long. Yes. And that's like the, but I mean, it is, it, it is, it's, um, <sighs> It is. It's like, I mean, it is. That's the best way to put it. It's like waking up to everything that um, you'd been missing. It, 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 there's no other way to really yeah. look at it. And like you'd fallen, you'd fallen into a sleep and then there you are. And, and anyway, now it's, yeah. it's indescribable and it's almost ineffable. It's so good to go back there. It really is. It's hard. I know. No, it's not. And it's not hard. It's not hard in like the emotional way for me. It's more like um, it's hard to remember. Um, Yeah. It's really hard to remember. Um, It's hard for me to go back into the periods before the 2011, 2012. That's um, 2012. Like that's painful to think about. Um, Oh, I know because I'm writing about it right now and it's like getting like punched in the face over and over and over again. It's like it's way down in there, you know. Anyway, this is good. 
This is really good. Um, Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Would you? Would you do it over again? Um, Oh no! Fuck this shit. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and the best part of it is like you could never imagine that you'd be doing what you've done. Like, like you would never imagine that you could do what you like, like what you wrote that day on that train. Like, you must do the thing you think you cannot. Like, you nobody ever starts this out and thinks they can do what they do or what they will be able to do. Like, no one ever has that. Like, even imagine. No, you can't. You can't. Um, But, but here you are, and here I am. All right, love you. Love you too. Infinitely so